Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villarosa, OVS. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Camilla may end up as queen, but this dame will always wear the crown. They say all the world's a stage, and honey, I'm writing the play. (laughs) People keep beating me. Not that it's a competition. Not that it's a competition, but you win. Yours is relevant. Yours is literally pulled from the headlines today. It is absolutely, it's absolutely relevant. It's really, it was really wonderful. Honestly, incredible work. Thank you. Um, and as the Shakespeare of um, Housewives tagline mm. writing, just an, an iconic moment. An iconic, an iconic moment. You know. For the people. We gotta I give just it up. kiss. <laughs> gotta give it up. Listen, I have recorded with this guest once before, and the second that we finished recording. I said, when can I get this person back? You know him as staff writer at Vanity Fair, comedian. He appeared on The Housewife and Hustler, that Hulu documentary about Erica and Tom we all watched 864 (laughs) times. And also, P.S. recently co-wrote Real Housewives, A Beginner's Guide on Vanity Fair, which I read and have some follow-up questions about. Welcome back to Andy's Girls. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Chris Murphy. Chris, how are you? Sarah, it is so good to see you again. It's been too long, honestly. I should have come back far long ago, but like this seems like the perfect moment. There's such a like something beautiful is brewing. The stars are aligning in the Housewives universe. Erica is innocent. That's not true, but she did. That's literally a lie. She's not innocent, but she's literally, she, no, she literally filing, isn't, but it's, it's a filing issue, but it is, people do think that, and we should set the record straight that she isn't innocent, but, um, but um, yeah, I feel like that was honestly 
the perfect time to be back, and I'm so happy to be back. I mean, I have to tell you, talking about timing is everything. I have thought about you since we recorded. I'm like, when can I get him back? And it does feel like someone was listening, hashtag... Mm. God, a.k.a. Andrew Cohen. Mary M. Cosby. Mary M. Cosby. It's the week for people to give her praise. It is. And I have to say, I feel the same way about your insight onto all things Housewives. Wow. How do you think your theater background um, inspires the way that you are able to so deftly analyze and also humanize the housewives. Do you think that there's any kind of connection? I mean, I gotta say, I gotta say, um, I am not a facsimile of God like Mary Cosby, but I do feel, <laughs> I do feel it's a higher calling like the theater where it's like you understand good characters and good drama. You're drawn to them and you don't have to like all their choices or love everything that they do or say, but you know when you see a star, when you see a well-written, fully developed, fully realized character, and when the drama is potent, and when it is deeply felt, and when it is real, even when it's fake, when it's real. And that's the great thing about the housewives in theater and plays, because even though it's all fake, it's all real at the same time. So I do think there's a connection in regards. I do think that I do think there's, there's a higher plane of connection for the theater level, lovers and the housewives lovers, I will say. I have to agree. And I also think, you know, in school, part of what you're kind of trained to do is not to villainize the character that you're playing, to really connect with them and to understand the motivations for their behavior. And so many people like to write off the housewives as Mm. saying, like, they're all terrible people. And sure, that's probably, and sure, but what? So are they. So are you. So So are you. So am I. So is everyone. You know. Cast the first stone, glass houses, Bible verse. That's something from the Bible. Who among us? So I say- Who I, among us? It's Villa fun, Rosa. Truly. I mean, it's funny. So I wrote that, the, the Housewives Guide, with um, my coworkers, Tyler Breitfeller and Mark Allen Berger. And um, we've gotten a lot, of, a lot of comments. A lot of people who are like, they love to comment. They're like, who cares about the house? Who cares? And it's like, why, why are you- If you so don't care- then why are you logging on with your one sweet precious life and writing and telling me that you don't care? Because guess what? I know people who care. And clearly you care. They're making you feel some type of way. So let's unpack that, okay? Because I care. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm proud to care about these women. They've given me so much. And I hope I can give them even just a little bit in return by helping people get involved, get on the train. What do you think is behind the idea that caring about housewives is superficial. Do you think that's through a gendered lens that because it's women's stories, they're somehow like dumber than whatever Fakakta, Mishigas, these people are interested in? Like, what do you think is behind that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the viewers can't see, but I'm viciously, vigorously nodding my head (laughs) along, very much sort of loudly moaning. "Mm, Yes, yes, that's true. Mm. It's that, but it's also, I think people have trouble with, the you know the capitalism aspect of sort of grandeur and luxury as if they don't see it every day all over you know America and all these different places they think it's frivolous they think it's 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 not serious they think it's fake and they don't they're they're afraid and I think honestly and this is again not to make it too theatery but I think they're afraid to see themselves in it and we we all Mm. see ourselves in in the best housewives episodes in the best housewives we see ourselves in parts of ourselves that we don't like to see and we don't like to confront and it makes us wrestle with these things. And people don't like that. People like to think that they live 
and this is actually the phrase that I was trying to say that they live in a glass house and that and that they that they mm-hmm. that they are enshrined that that they're they're perfect. Um, but they're not, and they shouldn't throw stones. And that's what I think. That's yeah. I think it's a deeply psychological. I think it's the housewives are. It, it's so deeply psychological, um, but also so heartfelt and so connected to raw emotions that that a lot of people can't handle those two frequencies interacting at the level that it interacts on the housewives. And so they'd rather just tap out. And they think it says something terrible about America and terrible about society. But babe, look around, look around, look at what we got. Mm. This is what we got. This is where we are, right? You know, we're holding a mirror up to society. And the mirror is Lisa Barlow wielding a blow dryer saying that she's richer than everybody in the room. That's the mirror. I want to get your thoughts on Lisa Barlow. I like... I need to. But first, I have a question. For yes, you, yes. Erica Cobb was just on AG and she asked me a question. Oh, no, wait. she answered a question. Mm. She posed and answered a question that I thought was so genius because I usually say, who's your spiritual housewife? Who's the person you connect with the most for better or worse? Mm-hmm. Um, like, who's the person you see yourself in? Sometimes it's as like a ooh, ooh don't want to go any closer like me with Shannon Bedore. Yeah. And sometimes it's like some other stuff. Yeah. You know? I forget if we talked about that the first time you were on AG. But I also want to know Eric, the answer to Erica's question, which is which housewife drew you into housewives? Wow. Who got you in to be fully invested in housewives? Was there a housewife's archetype that you remember connecting mm. with who is just like chef's kiss? <laughs> wow, those are two incredible, incredible questions. Um, it's so funny because I, I, I rarely think in like the full house, housewives landscape. Like, I can get really specific. So, like, with Roni, it's like, I'm a Sonia Sun, Bethany Moon, Tinsley Rising. Like, that's easy. That's, like, cut and dry. That's my Roni star sign. You know, I, like, I uh, I love a candy. You know, in Atlanta, it's like, I, I, I feel drawn to candy. I feel drawn to Portia. And then, and, and I do have a little bit of a, a, a fucked up Phaedra sort of manipulator will lie and scheme, oh. which is something we don't like to, we don't like to, we don't like to admit. But I love safe space, safe yeah, space. Safe space. So it's, it's, it's so, it's, and again, it like changes with the wind. It changes with the, it just, it sort of moves. So I guess like right now I, I am feeling really connected with Lisa Barlow and I don't know what that says. I am feeling very, her back's against the wall. She's feeling a lot of emotions. I, I like, I, I don't, We'll, we'll get there, but, like, that's right now who I'm, like, I'm really, I'm locked in with her. Like, I'm really locked in with her and her journey, and I'm seeing, and I'm now, like, projecting my own journey onto her, <laughs> her relationship with Meredith and her feeling, you know, her trying to mend things with Heather and Whitney. So, like, I'm, I'm there. But to circle back to the first question, what drew me in, I'm really, and this is, I know, these are not, like, the, I, maybe the franchises that you would expect, but... It was Atlanta and New Jersey for me. It was really Atlanta and New Jersey mm. were the two. Those, that's when I really got in. I didn't really, OC in New York at the beginning, I, I got there, but my way in was Teresa flipping the table. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so close to home. I'm from New Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl, born and raised, obsessed, Garden State, Franklin Lakes. I'm not from there, but I know where it is. Um, <laughs> um, so just knowing that that was happening so close to where, you know, I went to school and where I grew up and we went to the same malls and, that was sort of like really hard for me to, that was like, that was just immediately just like, wow, the proximity to that. But then also the proximity to Atlanta. I was like, okay, these are like, I have so much family in Atlanta. Like, uh, you know, 
the the bouginess that you know uh, the the blackness like i was like okay I, I was like okay i know these people these people are me these people i i see my friends and relatives and aunts and uncles and godparents and god sisters and family dynamics it really and just when you have a star that is so bright like nini leaks it's like hard it's like you just she just will suck you into any orbit and i will say i love nini i i and nini and sheree that dynamic so I will say mm. those those two franchises, Jersey, end of season one, leading up to Caroline. And like, I brought the book to Chateau. That's that's like literally ingrained in my absolute like DNA. All right. But so is who gonna check me, boo. So is Kim and the wig shift. So is like these are all big papa. These are all things that sort of made me who I am today. And then you find your way into OC and you find your way into the Bethany and Jill of it all. And you, you, you mm. sort of, you go down a path, but those were my two sort of opposite, but so linked starting points. And I, you know, I do thank God and the devil every day for them. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of a quasi connected question when it comes to figuring out which housewives to highlight, which episodes to highlight as a beginner's guide to people, which you guys can all read on Vanity Fair, how what was the discussion like with your um colleagues what was the was there like a large battle to be won about including one moment over another or did you guys feel like you were pretty much on the same page throughout yeah i mean there were a lot of discussions and i think the thing is people and that's the that's the hard part about the guide is that it is just a guide it's just the it's just the opening salvo it's like mm -hmm. it's a tasting menu we're, we can't there are too many iconic moments in every franchise to give every iconic moment. So we had to decide very early on what was our criteria. And our criteria was, okay, if somebody wanted to, to dive in February 1st to the newest season of Real Housewives in New Jersey, or if somebody wanted to dive into the next season of any franchise with the current cast members as it is, what would they need to know and what would they need to see to have like a pretty good idea of being able to just pick up where they left off, all right? Which means like, you got to leave a lot on the cutting room floor. I, I, we got some flack. There was a TikTok. I didn't even know TikTok worked like this. Like there's like a TikTok that's going around. That's just the article and just sort of like summarizing the article, which is already a summary of the right. franchises. So it's like <laughs> a summary of a summary and How whatnot. Meta. Absolutely that's meta. Insane. Absolutely obsessed with that. Go off TikTok. But like some of the comments were like, there is not enough realized Real Housewives of Atlanta. There are not enough episodes. There are not enough episodes of Potomac. And it's like, we had to narrow it down to like five or six episodes. We could give, I could rattle off 20 episodes that everyone should watch right. every Houses of Atlanta and of Potomac and of Beverly Hills and of all of these episodes, all of these seasons. But the whole idea is to give you like bare boats, what you need to know to jump in now. So it's like, guess what? Unfortunately, Nini and Kim are not on the show right now. So mm. we actually don't really, you don't really need to go through the Big Papa journey to be able to understand and drop in with season 14 of Atlanta, which is coming up, right? please go and watch it like you should. I mean, do yourself a favor. But the guide is really a beginner's guide for people who are trying to get in right now in a quick and efficient way. Okay, even though I read the entire thing, it's just now occurring to me that it's a beginner's guide for people to get acclimated, but also still what I thought the latter, a beginner's guide to like the world of housewives in general. But yes. it's it's a there's a dual purpose because there is a moment you did include 
there's the idea that like you can cheat in Housewives and watch reunions, which I yes. fully you do whatever guys, whatever you want to do. We're so many years in. It's just hard. Life get caught hard. up. Get caught up in the just way get, that you honestly, have to get caught up. You don't need to be a purist. And on some of these seasons, I would honestly yeah. recommend that you skip. But you guys did highlight last season's reunion for Orange County in a way that I was like gagged a little. Like yeah. I was like taken aback a little bit. Having not seen it, I still need to see it. I skipped no. last season, but like I was surprised. I also I also skipped last season too. But you know what? It's necessary, right? That that reunion would give you, you know, sort of like the overarching sort of arcs of the season and get you caught up with where you need to be so you can dive in and meet Noella and understand right. where we are, right? And and understand Shannon Bedore and understand these women, mm. right? It's like, I, I, well, I will say like, I've probably watched, I'm gonna, okay, this is actually, this is kind of a crazy question. I'm gonna ask you this question too. Of the Housewives universe, I think I've probably seen at least 70% of all of the ha- episodes, I think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. But okay. like, and I've skipped seasons. Like, I did not watch that last season of OC either, right? Um, but even from that seventy percent, like, there are th- like I haven't seen every single episode of every single season, and I think that's okay. And still, and still, we're trying to provide okay. guidance. I think it's okay. So it's like it's okay. It's a safe space. It's a safe space, it's a safe space. right? So you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do, and yeah, we'll we'll we will. It's not all the flashiest episodes too. I think people thought we were just gonna give like the best hits, like the most like iconic one-liners and like the most like mm-hmm. oh like you know the titular moments and we definitely have some of those we have Teresa's table flip we mm-hmm. have you know I made it nice we have we've mm-hmm. got a bunch we have bolo but we also have <laughs> we have bolo <laughs> I was surprised by that too it's so so important to me but Enjoy we also we, all, <laughs> we also have like narrative things that you need to understand it's like oh you don't know who uh you don't know who Sheree is? This is who Sheree is. Mm-hmm. Or like, right. oh, you don't know what happened with like Teresa and Melissa? Here's an episode that's about just like Teresa and Melissa's relationship, right? That might not be mm-hmm. as flashy. But again, this wasn't a best of list. There are plenty of those on the internet of the best right. episodes. This was a what you need to know, beginner's guide. Here, here are the characters. Here are the people. And here's the vibe of each franchise. I do think that we got like the episodes that will tell you like, this is what you're getting into. And hopefully you find a franchise or you find a couple and you're like, actually, this is so great. I'm going to start at the beginning and just go through them all. And that's what I hope. I hope that I hope it opens the door for people to just run, run away with it and, and watch every episode of every season. And it does also show that you don't need to watch every episode of everything to be a historian, to be Mm-mm. a commenter on the culture as pertaining housewives. Now, I have seen every episode of every franchise wow. at least twice. Wow. Minus last season of Orange County, which I have not seen. It is the only season of a U.S.-based, and then yeah. I've also seen the first three seasons of Melbourne, and then the I. I have watched Cheshire the first like couple of episodes. Okay, wow. <laughs> wow, I'm like this is like I'm giving a standing Thank ovation. You, you can't Thank see you. it, but that's Thank dedication. You. That's amazing. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And honestly, everyone should aspire to that level of housewives fluency and that that level. That's like that's that's academic, really. It really is. It's expertise, right? But for those who are, you know, are getting started a little bit late, who haven't for whatever reason you know, haven't figured out how to make housewives a priority in their lives, I hope the guide is helpful as a way in. Because everyone should, everyone needs a way in. Everyone needs a way in. I mean, a friend of mine reached out to me mm. and she said, I want to get into housewives. You know, my brother suggested 
I think Salt Lake, what would you do? And I sent her your article. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And then I spiraled because I was like, I honestly was like, maybe Miami, but like start with three, but like skip the, fr- what, what are we on now? Four? We're on four. Skip the first three. Yeah, four. Yeah. I was like, because it's just so like sparkly and it's a whole lot of fucking fun, but like you're not going to understand Alexia. And then I thought about it. I was like, I agree with your brother. Just do Salt Lake. It's the easiest to catch up on. And it's crazy. I just told a friend because they were like, should I start with Roni or should I just start with Salt Lake? And I was like, Mm -mm. I really want you to like this. Like, I really want you to get involved. And the thing is, like, sometimes you just got to get you got to get in with the fastest so you can get into the Mm -hmm. conversation so that you can be up to date. So I was like, you know what? Save Roni. I'll I'll get you to Roni when we once we get through Salt Lake. Salt Lake, there's still enough time to breeze through the first season and be caught up for like the season finale this week. So it's like, I'm like, I very much it's a hard it's a hard game. And guess what? Miami, I didn't see the first three seasons of Miami. I dove in. I dove in this season obsessed with it. Alexa, I'm like, mm. it's, it's, it's so good. It's like, it's like, I even, for, it's, but it, you know what they need to do though? I'm sorry. This is like, they got to get rid of like a Vanderpump or something and just, and give the slot to Real Houses of Miami. Cause being on Peacock, it does sort of make it, it's, it's, I don't want them to change the show, but I think it needs to be, to get the respect that it deserves. It's got to get bumped up to the big leagues. It needs to be on Bravo. I mean, I feel like the strat, I don't disagree. I feel like the strategy is to give Peacock some like juggernauts. Yeah. I mean, Van VPR, I haven't watched any of this season for no other reason that it looked stupid. And I was like, I think I'm good. I think I've like got my quota on dumb. Like I serve, I'm a survivor of <laughs> yeah. last season's New York. So like as a, I need a reward. Self-care means skipping. It sometimes. really is. And honestly, we yeah, we really, you really have to. I saw like. 20 minutes of the reunion and I was like wait this was what the season was about we missed nothing we missed nothing it was nothing it was nothing oh my god I just remembered I did watch the reunion yeah. which I did there enjoy. you go there you go <laughs> I forgot I did watch the reunion but I don't watch any of this that's season. all that you need for this all that you need but I yeah I feel like it's time to like maybe yes Peacock does need the boost of Miami but I feel like we gotta we downgrade VPR mm-hmm. to Peacock mm-hmm. status and we upgrade mm-hmm. Miami for the next season that's like that's what I would do that's what I would tell Andy which I will tell Andy. They deserve. And you should tell Andy, get him on the phone. Maybe we'll do a Patreon. We'll just like shoot the <laughs> shit with Andrew C. I yes. mean, he's got a star. He is a star. He is a star. Hollywood Walk of Fame, babe. We love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see it. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to shift gears a little bit because, yes. listen, Orange County, great episode. Lot to talk about. Yeah. Noella. She is so so out of pocket and she is so wrong sometimes and yet she is so unbelievably watchable and so compelling i mean like i again was like ready to sell oc down a river like i was not mm-hmm. gonna i was not gonna watch it anymore i was like out i was out and i'm sorry the power of noella and heather did bring me back in like that is like mm-hmm. characters it, all it takes is one and we got two people to make it worth watching because really gina and emily are like half of a housewife each and you put them together and you get sort of like one housewife <laughs> but Noella is so, she is so certifiably, like, we say this about Mary Cosby all the time, and I'm going to get to that when we get to Salt Lake City, how she's, like, Mm. unwell and she shouldn't be on television. Noella should not be on television right now. Like, her life is crumbling around her every, in every capacity. She, it's just, it's, she shouldn't, she's not, she's not totally with us. But, you know what? I'm happy to be on the journey with her. I'm happy to be on the journey with her. And I disagree with her, but I have, I have, I have love for her. And I like that she has Heather's number because Heather, Heather, Heather thinks she's that girl, but she's not that girl. And 
And Shannon's not going to be the one to take Heather on. Shannon is scared. Tired. Like, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to get you into poverty if you even say one thing to me that gives me, like, pause. I am going to – I'm going to break you financially because I know that's the best way to crush. So yes. Shannon's not going to take it on. I do appreciate that Noella is, is you know, fighting the good fight. But yeah. she – it's like I know that there's so much about her behavior that is due to the level of absolute chaos going on in her personal life. Yes. But I don't think she would be so – super different had this had that not happened I don't. and it's super unfair but i kind of feel that because she was so close with bronwyn is that terrible no that's they have the same energy they're both women who have nothing to lose in a way even though they mm. definitely they definitely did have things to lose and we were we watched them lose things <laughs> like that's like that's a big part of their arc but they act like they're women with nothing to lose they will do and say anything they like they're scorched earth I mean, I will say, like, I never want to agree with Heather. And I don't even believe, I mean, calling Noella's gift pornography is, like, a stretch, okay? Like, was it inappropriate? Sure. But pornography, like, Heather, you say that you're smart. You chose your words. You you, you have a very big vocabulary, and we know that about mm. you. You chose that very specifically. But, like, Noella, I mean, that's comedic gold. Noella being like, absolutely not. How dare you come for me? And then, like, one card is read, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, that's... <laughs> That sort of whiplash moment, I was like, "There's I, that's like, you can't, not everyone is built like that. I just, I think that she's bringing so, um, a much needed spark, youthfulness, energy, mm. um, absolute just chaos to the proceedings that has been missing. I mean, Bronwyn sort of brought that, but it, hers was much sadder because Bronwyn mm. had a lot to lose and like a husband and mm-hmm. she has seven kids and like. And it was dark. It was alcoholism. It was a coming out story. There was like so much going on that it, we sort of felt the weight of it. Whereas with Noella, it's like she has like arguably like as much going on with her husband just divorcing her, moving to Mexico, moving to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't feel as heavy on her. She doesn't wear it as heavily. It's just like it's like it's light. It's distressing. It's dark. But even her like losing her brain in the sweat lodge, like I wasn't like. I was like, ooh, get her out of there. But I wasn't like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, there's a, different, there's a different vibe that's happening. And it's also interesting when you think about, like, what a person has to lose when joining Housewives because it's so often connected to, like, what do you think – what does that individual housewife think the stakes are? Are the biggest stakes – losing your marriage, losing your close friendships of of several years as we're watching on Salt Lake, or are the stakes for you no longer being on the show? Because it feels like on Salt Lake, like with Noella, I would argue that maybe the stakes being connected to the show are pretty high for her. And I would say even more so on Salt Lake, like these women are fighting each other, but it really feels like they're fighting for their role on the future of their show a little bit no yeah because the show has taken over their entire lives and like even in, and you can see because it's like we're sort of we don't really see that in roni and in and in um other oc characters and mm-hmm. in, and in beverly hills because they're so secure they've been they've made it they've, mm-hmm. they've paid their dues they're ready but these new characters and these new franchises anybody can stay or go. anything it's touch and go any it could be ripped out from them in a second and they become acclimated to like the success and the and the fortune and the Instagram followers and the comments and the fame and all of that stuff. And so like, yeah, really the overarching thing is like they, most of them will honestly do or say anything to stay on the show. And then when you find one that doesn't like Mary M. Cosby, 
that's when you get that's when that's when sparks literally fly and you're like what is going on and that's actually that also you need both you need people who need it more than anything and then you also need people who do not realize what they have or don't even want it and that's sort of like i think where we get some amazing tension but you're right noella like mistakes this is the biggest this is the biggest and most important thing in her life second to her child i'll give her that but i think that's sort of i think this is sort of a one if that's one a i think this is one b or one double a is being a cast member on real Housewives of orange county yeah and i think a little bit about what's going on in salt lake with meredith and i just wonder do these women really care about even the contentious fighting over when shiva happened essentially for meredith's dad like do they really even genuine, genuinely, <laughs> genuine question, like truly, do they really even care about this or are they fighting because the Jen stuff is too much, too dark, and this is just the easier battle to win? Oh, it's, I definitely, I, if, that's actually a very good question. That's really wonderfully put. And I think that they don't care. I, I, I really don't. I mean, I think, and this is probably maybe my hottest take, I think, the real villain of this season of uh, Real Houses of Salt Lake City is one, two, three, Heather. Whitney! Or, or I think it's Heather. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I think Whitney. No, but I, I agree. I, think I they're agree. In, I think together bad they're weather. Bad, weather. bad weather. It's Whitney and Heather, bad weather. And I do, Whitney, well, Whitney, it's like her Detective Iris and Bo shtick needs to end. Like, I'm like, <laughs> she's got to take off the Sherlock Holmes hat, like. She's like too, it's really ridiculous. But the thing is like Whitney's, and this, I say this with love, she's not smart mm-hmm. enough to be the masterminds to really be, that's why her approach is so bad and wrong, being like going up to Meredith and being like, we don't believe when your dad's memorial was. It's like, she's not smart enough to do that. But Heather, criminal mastermind Heather, beloved <laughs> Heather, who knows that she's like the people's champ, everybody finds her to be relatable and so great. And she sort of stays out of it, but she's the one sort of like pulling all the, she's the marionette. She's pulling all the fucking strings, getting like, Heather to do her bidding, even at this point, getting Lisa Barlow to do her bidding. And Lisa Barlow knows that she's been backed. And this is why I love Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow knows she's been backed into a corner and is like, and is sort of fighting. She's always fighting for her life. I mean, we saw it specifically and most notably season one reunion when she was like, sort of like her whole season, she was sort of like, whatever. And she was like, Mm -hmm. somebody sort of was like, if you don't amp it up here, you're not going to get asked back. And then she absolutely delivered. Um, Lisa Barlow is fighting for her life and she likes to be the one controlling the strings, but she keeps getting caught doing it. Whereas Heather keeps getting away with it. Honestly, beautifully. But I think we've, I think we're creating a villain. I think, I think we're seeing, I don't, I don't, I do not trust Heather. And I've said, I've said it. I said it. I like her. Do not trust her. Think that she is so much more responsible for the the weird. I do think the line of questioning with Meredith is like kind of. I mean, like if we really think about it, like that's so it's so gross. So inappropriate. It's so it's, inappropriate. It's so trash. Her it's dad is dead. Her dad, her dad died. Her dad is dead. Her dad, her is, dad dead. is dead. Like let her like who cares? Like and then for Whitney to insinuate that that was the same thing as her dad being like sort of missing in action. Like it's not the same. Like I'm sorry. It's like that's painful too, but it's not the same. I think. Like this episode when Whitney was like, it, it, my dad is, I don't know. I haven't talked to my dad in, in a long time. How does she think I feel? And I'm like, that's not, you can't. Those are apples and oranges. Well, Meredith's whole like, 
comparison to try to get Whitney to understand how fucked this was was like, I don't believe that you don't talk to your dad. Yeah. Whitney heard that as, you don't believe my dad's an addict, which she doubled down on on the after show. I was like, bitch, like what? Whitney's what not smart. Whitney isn't, Whitney's not all, she's not there. I think that Whitney is smart. She just has a different way of going about it than Heather, who can look at you dead on and be like, I'm here for you. I want to comfort you, Meredith. Like, why do you think that Lisa said all that stuff? And I watch her do it, and I'm like, does she believe that she's doing? Like, it died. I believe her when she's saying it, that I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? It's pathological. And I knew that Heather was a criminal mastermind. And I say this with love because Heather is one of the only housewives that follows me on Twitter. And so she knows something. She knows. Oh, yeah. No, she follows me on Instagram for the next 20 minutes. Absolutely. And, I, and then <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, that, that means she knows she knows the game. And we've, we've said this before. And she said it herself. She was a housewife super fan before getting on the show. So she knows how. Right. And she actually and she actually is like brilliant. Like she's playing it brilliantly there's almost she's so smart smart. smart. whereas Whitney it's like it's that's exactly like the Teresa thing last season where like Mm -hmm. Teresa somebody was trying to like use an analogy it was like what if I said this about your daughter Teresa Jackie Jackie. and then Teresa was like I can't believe you said that about my daughter and it's like no you're not you don't know what a metaphor is you don't know what an analogy is and that's what happened with Whitney and I'm like there's just a level of cognition that I don't think not everyone is playing the same game or has the same tools in their tool shed to build these houses. And Whitney's, Whitney's house is looking lopsided when she comes at Meredith for her dad. I'm like, that's not the way to go about it. That's not your argument is not that great. Also, it's like, does anybody understand how criminal like federal investigations work like the FBI works it's like this has been in the works for 12 years like Meredith did not just like pick up the phone and then like get the NYPD and the FBI to fly to Salt Lake City like it is more complex like I just like the level of just not understanding how basic things sort of work is honestly another reason why I tune in every week you know how at the beginning of each show they'll do like the and last week on yada yada it feels to me with this storyline like everyone in the cast forgot what they said last week because Whitney at one point in a previous episode was like, I explicitly don't believe that you reported stuff to the FBI. I'm just asking the question because I'm on a TV show and I feel like maybe that's good TV. But then she goes back to it and she's like, you know what? I thought about it. Or maybe I always knew this and I like <laughs> didn't say it correctly and I'm totally changing my mind. But like maybe you did have something to do with it. And it's I'm not saying I'm not speaking ill of your dead father. I'm just saying that his shiva call or funeral or whatever you want to call it didn't happen that you were you you were lying about your dead father. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything bad about him. I'm just saying that since he has passed this earth, may mm-hmm. his memory be a blessing mm-hmm. unless you know, his spirit is watching this season, in which case there's going to be a real crisis here. There is. Well, I think that just proves my point, Rhea Whitney, where it's like, I think she's a great, I mean, I think Salt Lake City, for however much longer it lasts, was one of the best, best things that ever, <laughs> because their travel, it was one of the best things that ever happened to us with casting, because I do think everyone oh. has a part to play. And I do think Whitney, she couldn't keep up. She couldn't keep all these threads going in her brain. So she, her wires keep getting crossed. And I mean, I do think what Mary said, I will say, Mary, I do, I hope and I pray, and I know this is politically incorrect, and I know that people are going to be mad, but I hope that, like, the, uh, 
Uh-oh. The thing happens where, like, when the person that cancels you gets canceled, then you get uncanceled so that Mary can come back next season. <laughs> because, I mean, it was, like, I mean, Jenny is gone. Jenny's canceled. Mm. Race is confirmed. Or, like, not even rest in peace. Just bye. Go lie down. Yeah. When bye. you're dead, lie down. That's, like, thank you, Heather, for that. Debro. <laughs> um, but I just, like, Mary is such a, a, a absolute unique absolute nutcase, a nut job. And I do think she's unwell. And I do think there's a lot of trauma there. And I do think that's like, I, mm-hmm. I like, I, that's not to make light of that, but I also, she is the funniest woman in America. She's so mm-hmm. funny. She makes me laugh out loud. You're the funniest woman I did, in America. I, I, I guess I didn't even mean to say that, but I said that. I think she's the funniest woman in America. And when she said, and when she was like, Whitney, like Whitney's been drinking, Whitney, Whitney's been knocking him back. I was like, wait, that's hilarious. And it was true. Like Whitney, the reason why Whitney was acting so crazy in that line of questioning is because she was drunk. Like, it's like, that's, she makes some uh, observations. The Lisa Barlow, your kids eat a Taco Bell too much. Like, I'm sorry out of left field, but it did land for me. <laughs> it did. It did land I for mean, me. Her line delivery of like pause women. Women. Was I was honestly, I like can't take my eyes off her. I miss her already. And I she miss has her. said racist things. She has said ignorant oh, yeah. things on the show. I'm not taking that away. The church stuff is a lot. It's but a lot. My God, do we need this energy on Salt Lake? Otherwise, it would be Jen Shaw all the time. And you guys, we would be fucking tired. We'd be tired. It's honestly, tired. honestly, kudos to Jen. And I came in strong and I do. I mean, I did not like Jen first season. I still don't really like Jen at all. Mm. I'm like, she is exhausting and she feels like way more fake and manufactured than the other ladies. But I will say it is kind of amazing and impressive that in a season where she's literally been arrested for a felony by the FBI, she's been arrested mm-hmm. by the FBI, she has somehow made Meredith the monster. <laughs> that she's somehow like been able to, she has, she has worked it su- as such that she seems like sort of like relatively breezy and like devil may care and is like throwing parties and like Meredith and Mary are the ones that are like sort of like the dark forces and the dark energy. So it's like, I will give her props where props are due. That's impressive. But I could not, I, with, if you have one gen, you need at least four to six people to sort of like disseminate that and to sort of like balance that energy off. And I just like, I, I, Mary is one of those people. I, I'm sorry. And I, yeah, I do want to make it clear. I, I do not, I do not, uh, disclaimer. We got it. Disclaimer. I don't, we got it. We don't accept yeah. anything that she says, Mary, but right. sometimes she makes me laugh. You know what? We here at Andy's Girls, um, we do believe that 2022 is the year of not learning. I it, highly ah. encourage that people <laughs> do not learn that we're just dumb and happy in the words of Pet Shop Boy. Absolutely. Just be a fucking moron. We deserve it. Vibes only. Um, but there is also the idea that like you can think two things at once and you can appreciate some of the line readings and like spiritual non sequiturs that are the experience of understanding Miriam Cosby on TV and also hate some of the stuff that she said and feel very uncomfortable about stuff that she's done and also P.S. feel a certain way about the fact that Jenny is going to have the last word on Miriam Cosby. My God. It does put a little bit again. It's so much terrible stuff has happened in this season with the two of them. But their fight does it, it. It adds a different color once you see Jenny's Facebook post, and it just it adds it, it adds another perspective that we were missing. I think for the whole season is like what something was off there from the beginning, and I'm not. I don't even know if Mary was aware of that. But sometimes you can just feel it's an energy thing. You can just yeah. feel it, and like their head to head. And again, I and I will say I I will not miss Jenny. I thought Jenny was she would have been. I would have like I could have taken her or, or left her. 
like mm-hmm. before all of that stuff came out. But it is it is crazy that she's gonna get that. I mean, this this is gonna be an explosive reunion. I mean, Meredith sees the the Lisa. Bar- okay, so this is my question for you: Was Lisa Barlow? Okay. Was it a hot mic moment? Was it a hot ah! mic? Was it a hot mic moment? To answer that, okay, is to take a little bit of a journey, and I'm so glad. <laughs> Please, we got when, nothing but time. I mean, nothing but time. It's turtle time here at Andy's Girls HQ. Is it a hot mic moment? I think we first need to understand that in that moment, Lisa was truly quitting the show. She mm-hmm. had her producer in there. Security was on standby. Okay, which is a whole other literally what, but yeah. um. I, she was quitting the show. I don't know that she was thinking, and there's been conversation about boom mics and not boom mics, whatever. Yes. I don't know that she was thinking this is going to air on TV, mm-hmm. but I do know that she instinctively was instinctively was like, there are a lot of things that I have felt for a while, and I'm going to say them out loud. Yes. And then she said, here's your mic. Here's I your don't mic. know that she was thinking this is going to air on TV. I think it was probably a shock for her to realize that it was going to be used. Mm-hmm. But I think this is what happens when you have a tension and close and listen, lady friendships are really fucking uh, nuanced and sometimes mm-hmm. very complicated and very tough. And I think she has been sitting on a lot of feelings about Meredith and their dynamic on the show and off and she had enough so I don't know if that answers the question I need to get your thoughts no it totally did and I you said something so beautiful which is that lady friendships are very complicated and very nuanced and I'm gonna actually sort of go exactly against that and say in the Mm. plainest terms I mean I think that's that's true but like if we're being dumb and happy basically basically Lisa Lisa Barlow and Meredith's relationship is literally Gretchen Wieners and Regina George that's all it is Regina Meredith is Regina Lisa is Gretchen and she reached her Gretchen boiling point she was like she's always been second fiddle in in there's always been that dynamic of Meredith's on top and and Lisa's not on top even though Lisa's just as smart and just as pretty and just as talented and just and why you know why should Caesar be Caesar like that was her like why like why 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 shouldn't Brutus be Caesar like that was her that moment and we saw it manifesting in real time and I do think because I do think she's a a manipulator and I but I don't think she's who's the she Lisa's a manipulator. Okay. I do think Meredith is not, uh, dare we say, engaged enough to like <laughs> manipulate anything. Things just like happen to her and whatever. But like she's Regina, so she like she floats above. Um, but Lisa Barlow is a classic Gretchen Wieners type, and all of those frustrations, all of that comes from that high school place of not really of being like secondhand to the it girl but not being the actual it girl and knowing that you could and and being loyal and wearing pink on Wednesdays when you she said to wear pink and having her back and not getting it reciprocated so I do think that was like an act and the and the reads the I will say like even if it was I don't actually care if it was like if she knew the mic was the you know if Mm -hmm. she was on camera or whatnot the level of specificity, not until today when Azealia Banks took Kanye, just dragged Kanye oh West. Oh, my God. Have I seen? A symphony. A, a symphony. symphony. Uh, unbelievable. Not since today. I mean, it's since today. But Lisa Barlow is just as specific. It's, it's honestly, it's poetry. Your dumb fucking family who poses. Like, come on. Like, your husband can't even hold down a job. It's like, these are all such disparate emotional thoughts that are coming from a place where she is clearly reached her like i'm sick of i'm sick of this whether it's meta about filming whether it's personal whether they were ever friends 
But Lisa thought, Lisa, she's, she was done being Gretchen Wieners. And you know why I do think it's also real on top of that is because I think the top of this recent episode, when she starts crying and wielding the fucking blow dryer as a weapon and like, and scream, like she starts breaking down again because she realizes she just said all of that on camera. Mm-hmm. I think she starts the metacognition of like, I just like, absolutely like i'm gonna look like a monster i like that sort of freak out when she starts screaming at meredith in person to sort of like she's gonna to justify screw talking about her behind her back i think i think then we saw her being sort of an operator and then like the literal fear of oh my fucking god what did i just do i may have completely fucked this up everyone's gonna hate me that kicked in and that made the top of this episode really fantastic for me so i give a round of applause for lisa it just it really that's a tough spot to be in like my girly i feel you it's not fun to be second fiddle sometimes you got to stand up for yourself even if that means being an absolute terrorizing terrible bitch and i love it i love it friendships and i think about it through the lens of women's friendships which is like the whole point of housewives they are very complicated and they can be a seesaw like at one point one person takes the weight at another point another does but if you feel like it's constantly uneven or if your perspective you feel like there's just no weight being given to it that can do something to a person it's like your close friend, maybe your best friend, you can almost feel gaslit in the experience of having a relationship with this person. And I think for Lisa, literally anything could be said. She was already at an 11. She was waiting for someone to light the match. She had all of the baggage Mm -hmm. of Meredith saying, you don't support me. You don't stand up with me and for me. And the number one example is your friendship with Jen. And Lisa is like, okay, cool. Now, what do you do about Mary? Mm-hmm. and she's still getting pushback for that literally the fuse has already been lit yeah. we're just waiting for someone to take notice of the flames it's a powder keg it was a powder keg and mm-hmm. it, and it finally set off in a really again it could have been set off in a million ways she could have just cried she could have yelled directly at meredith but the way that it was set off the bathroom the the bathroom moment it really is i think instantly like iconic it's literally it's it's housewives iconography it's it was it was so so specific and so beautifully executed and so deeply felt it really again when when i talked about the beginning we have the mind going a mile a minute we have the heart going a mile a minute and they meet perfectly in the middle in that moment and that's why lisa barlow is a god-tier housewife i don't think we say it enough she is a god-tier housewife she is hello baby gorgeous feeding her kids lines trying to manipulate things behind the scenes and kind of failing lying to people sort of but also being loyal when she thinks trying to play the game making missteps all along the way and yet always being sort of sort of composed until she loses it oh it's what i it's why i tune in it's what it's what it's what we came here for and i don't think i don't think she gets enough credit because it's like oh like meredith like talks funny but like with meredith and we have to be honest there's really no there there beyond the epaulets beyond the epaulets and the slurred speech. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have things happen to her. And like, it's interesting to watch things happen to her, but there's really no there there. There's no story driving. And like the friendship with Mary, that sort of happened to her. Cause Mary was like, okay, I guess I have to be friends with one of these ladies. I can't just walk around my closet all day and talk to mannequins. <laughs> I choose meredith because she is regina george you know that's like Mm -hmm. and that's where that came from and she just sort of lets it happen she's not actively contributing to that friendship she's just sort of like 
it's there and it's convenient and everyone else is sort of mean to her. So I think the dynamics on that show are sort of, they're like, they're operating on so many frequencies and so much is happening mm -hmm. that I could watch it ad nauseum or ad infinitum and I, I plan on until we get to next season and there are no cast members left and then we have to, I don't know. <laughs> we, that's maybe where we bump up Miami and Miami gets that slot. I don't know. I, I have hope for the future, but I also, we got to be realistic. It's like, we're batting, you know, our roster is pretty, pretty light uh, looking at season three. And that's the wild thing is like this week's episode was so fucking insane. And I had a lot of feelings. I really just honestly had a lot of feelings about Whitney, what Whitney was doing and totally agree with, agree with you about Heather while really appreciating obviously both of them on the show. But like we have gone so hard this season with real life shit mm -hmm. and then stuff on camera. How does the show keep up this kind of pace when season three is going to be someone on trial in federal court yeah. outside, by the way, this, I don't know if she's going to like fly back and forth to film or if Salt Lake is now starring in the big apple. Like <laughs> I what, know. how does, how do, how do we even they take a group figure trip out the direct to right? her like trial? A like group trip but they can't film inside that doesn't make any sense oh and it was honestly so like again it's it's crazy to be and i honestly sort of understand like mary like this, she probably does have real shady shit because she was like i'm literally not gonna go to the reunion because like there mm. she has things to hide but like jen being like talking about Stuart, who we know flips on her and is like well i why can't we talk to Stuart? like Stuart's on my side right it's just like oh my god this is like you're playing this for the cameras. You think you're Roxy Hart, but this is actually real life. But this is actually, like, this is so bad. So I don't know. I feel like some things, some things burn out quickly. Like stars, they, some stars shine so bright and they, and they burn out faster than others. And I, I'm not saying that's Salt Lake City, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, though I definitely could get into watching Jen fly back and forth for trial. I do think that would be, that would be interesting to me. Yeah. Also, what was what did her mom sign when she's like my mom and Coach Shaw sign? I was like, ooh, can we not have your mom sign anything when you brought glam to Zion? Like, yeah. Can we maybe leave the retired teacher out of this a little bit? Do you really not have a single asset to your name? Yeah. And that's I will say I know people were like, who cares if she has assets when Meredith was like, she has no assets. But I was like, Meredith, that is a good point. Like, I would not <laughs> I would not be. I would not personally be accepting gifts from Jennifer Shaw right now. Like I wouldn't, I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing that. And I like, I do respect that. Um, and I just, you got to protect yourself. You have to protect yourself because no one's going to protect you. So I do see Meredith for that. And I do respect that. I mean, I want my number one question at the reunion is how many of you kept the diamond snowflake? No judgment from me, by the way. Yeah. J'adore a diamond, albeit I don't love like modern contemporary. But yeah. regardless, I don't yeah. know that I in general would turn down a, a surprise diamond gift. But like how many of you kept it? Yeah. How I just want to know. No judgment. I just want to know no how many of you kept it. And Meredith, I know that you looked uncomfortable, but I just want to know if you kept As it. You kept Mary, it. And if you did kept you keep it, it, did you did keep, you keep it? it? Did you keep it? Mary loves things. So Mary definitely probably kept it and gave it to her favorite mannequin. Or maybe her least favorite <laughs> mannequin, whom she, you know, maybe her Jen voodoo doll mannequin, which she definitely has. Um, oh, but God. yeah, that's actually, that's a really great question. And I, for I wouldn't be accepting gifts at, a t at this time. I would just sort of wait to see how the trial unfolds. Um, 
I mean, innocent until proven guilty. If totally. It's vintage. totally. Honestly, if it's like a beautiful stone, then innocent until proven guilty Absolutely. all day long. My, all day long. All day long. My boyfriend's a public defender. I, you know, we gotta. I believe innocent until proven guilty. But, but Jen, you just gotta. You gotta. You know. You, uh, if uh, the jury, the, you're giving us a lot. You're giving a lot of a lot of people a reason to be skeptical. <laughs> A lot, a lot of reason for that. Um, yeah, yeah. I do wish her the best. I do wish Coach the best. Um, I did have a friend who just got into Salt Lake City, the same friend who I was trying to get, who I told to start Salt Lake City. He was like, he was four episodes in, and he was like, I think I have to draw the line at Jen Shaw calling her husband Coach Shaw. Like, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I just don't think, I don't think, I, that doesn't ring true. That seems ridiculous to me. And I was like, well, then you're in for a treat. Because if that's the line, then we're gonna, you're going to go down the rabbit hole. But it is really, I mean, it is hilarious. The coach, uh, I mean, poor coach. Poor coach. Poor coach. Remember when we would have the coach shop pep talk and how, how great those were? And now we know what he was talking you know it's like counseling your wife i don't know you either did a really good or a really bad job because she certainly seemed inspired she certainly seemed, yeah and honestly he must be doing a good job because she seems sort of light as a feather on these trips in zion she seems like you know she seems happier than many people that i know given <laughs> given the circumstances so you know what maybe he's still giving the pep talks maybe 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 everything is good maybe we'll see that everything's good in the Shaw household and her and coach will ride off into the sunset and that's you know we could we should only be so lucky but if there is a season three I will be tuning in to see what happens there when she literally compared herself to Jesus Christ in the episode and she said how many times have I been crucified by these ladies in her defense of Meredith I was like oh that's really like Jen Jesus Jensis she has a Jensis complex it's like I'm like Absolutely. She absolutely does, you know, take what you will about, say what you will about religion, but there is a, there is a real Jesus Genesis parallel there. And then she feels it and who, you know, the cock crowed three times. Was it Meredith? Was it Mer? Who's to say? Somebody gave her up. There are parallels to that here. And I think that's another, it's a, it's a biblical story that we're telling here in Salt Lake and that. That can't be overlooked. And you know she's going to triple down on the reunion. I just can't get over the juxtaposition of her continuing in Zion to like yell and scream about how Meredith harmed her reputation, a.k.a. with the feds who then cre- went back in time and then fast forward to the future and created this thing because of something that Meredith did. And then we get that really awkward, odd scene with her lawyer who I want to understand a little bit more yeah. about. Well, is he still and her lawyer? Like, I don't I know. I think he's that... the only one left. Oh, God. I think because the other, the fancy firms skadoodled. Skadoodled. But there is that moment of like, and you know, you know, we're fighting together, you know, you and and Stu, but like not really. And there's gonna come a point where he is probably gonna testify against you, and she just takes it 
her her closest person they've cried together she skated around her office with him to, like they have they were like brother and sister family level vibes and she just nods and goes along her merry way i i don't think she's fully grasping the gravity of the situation i think she's like she gets into camera mode and the cameras are on her makeup was mm. done and she's sort of like mm-hmm. this is for the cameras and this is for the show but i don't really again i think we're all dealing with different sort of like depths of water really in terms of you know capacity for understanding and whatnot and i feel like hers at least when the cameras are on at least in that scene i think it was pretty shallow waters we were in and i don't think she was really listening i don't think she was actively <laughs> listening to what her lawyer was saying and that like guess what Stu will betray you a la peter and the and the cock and the crow you will be betrayed it's still like or he could potentially betray you which is what he did um so it really it is a sight to behold and again are these choices and decisions if i am ever caught up in a 12-year ponzi scheme telemarketing fraud would i take my meetings with my lawyer on camera i don't think that i would but am i glad that jen does absolutely absolutely oh i also have another question what do you think about okay what do you think about the slut shaminess of lisa barlow saying meredith has slept with half of new york i thought it was iconic i mean that i think insane. it's literally it was not berkshire's it was not what happened with bethany and luann no, i it thought wasn't. it was hilarious and and lisa was doing her thing and i felt nothing but support for I know. like one of the best monologues in recent history absolutely and guess what and if meredith was doing that so what she was separated let her do it let her do it and let Lisa feel whatever type of way she feels about it. I felt, I was like, no harm, no foul there. I was like, it's, that's good, clean fun that we're having in that, with it's that. Good, it's good, clean fun, except that a part of last season was talking about the fact that Meredith and Seth were separated. And Lisa using the phrase that like she cheated on her husband is you know, you we can play the fun little dance of like it's cheating if you're not fully yeah. divorced, but like no, that's not the case. It's and not every the case. couple is different, and their boundaries and understandings are totally different in private. But like, if her good friend is using the phrase "cheated" several times, I wonder if she's saying that because she's shifting into her perception of what was happening because they were still married, or was Meredith literally having affairs? which PS I fully support understanding more about Seth being trash, mm. but like, Oh, he's literally I the need, worst. Literally. He's so gross. Now when he appears on screen, I'm like enough with this. one. I know like, it's weird. Enough. I used to think he was kind of attractive. And then it just like, Same. after the boot, it just really, after, after the, the Whitney boobs, the tit I was cake. done. I was done after the boob cake. Like don't ruin frosting with that. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's a wrap on Seth. I'm not, I'm not talk about sacred food groups. The thing is, I forget that, literally lisa is mormon like she i forget that all the time so i'm actually more inclined to believe that like she wasn't meredith wasn't really cheating and it was just Mm -hmm. like the separation and that lisa is being hardline mormon you know Mm -hmm. with her husband whose name i can literally never remember and i don't remember it right now john Uh, john okay really an easy name to remember i mean that feels right it could be jim john jimbo feels right feels right jimbo Jimbo barlow Barlow. Ooh, that would be good um (gasps) So I do, I just know there's been discussion about that. And I do think I, I'm inclined to believe that Lisa was coming from a place of you like broke your vows because you were separated and cheated. I don't really, yeah. I don't think it was much more than that, but I do think it's, you know, it's, 
these are low blows and I can I can see them not being able to come back for this and I from this and I would like to see them not come back from this in a season three and at a reunion. Yeah, I just have to, you know, I got into this on a Patreon episode with Ryan Houlihan that you guys can listen to now. Yeah. We did. Um, oh, I like Ryan. Ryan's great. He's great. On the last AG Classic, we did AG Theater, where I read it as a monologue. Huh? On Patreon, Ryan did it as a monologue, and then we duetted, and yes. both in our own intonations came together to sing the Lisa Barlow moment. Yes. But it felt like a little bit of like a Tiffany Pollard, Gemma, Big Brother. Yeah. Beautiful music. It Beautiful just music. really did. It just yeah. really did. It's operating again as the resident playwright here. It was beautifully written and beautifully performed. And I want to. Mm-hmm. And we're not. And guess what? And guess who's not giving us moments like that? I don't know why I've, I have her number today, but Heather is not. Heather on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is not giving us those moments. Not this season. She's comic relief, and we're getting Shakespearean thespian actress from Lisa Barlow. Manic, we're getting King Lear, we're getting Richard the Third, we're getting, we're getting, you know, absolute like deeply, deeply theatrical, high mm-hmm. drama, high stakes. It's Hamlet. It's you know, it's all of the above. It's 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 Ophelia. It's it's Desdemona. It's how many can I name? I could keep going. It's a fellow. All of them. Caught so me impressed. Out. So impressed. Big BFA energy. It's big, big BFA, BFA energy. It's big BFA energy, and she delivered. And then there's Heather, who's just who's doing a who's doing great work, but you can no longer really call yourself the voice of the audience now because, no, babe, you, you are very involved in pulling the strings. She's Iago. She's Iago. Ooh, that's my last Shakespeare reference, but she is. <laughs> I promise. But that's what she is. She's doing. She's talking to the audience. She's she's letting us in, but she's also sort of she's also pulling the strings and sort of keeping us out and wants to and she thinks that she's getting away with it but she's not getting she's not fooling me noting that we essentially know the answer to this question judging by our instagram stories of recent do you think that there is who is more likely to develop a genuine as close to genuine friendship next season meredith and jen or meredith and lisa Oof, it's crazy that I'm going to say Meredith and Jen just based mm. off of the, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not fully up to date on the Instagram stories, but I know that Meredith and Lisa are not talking. Yeah. Um, and I do feel there's probably more hurt there because I actually believe where I, I do understand that Real Houses of Salt Lake City was sort of a, an amalgam. They were all sort of thrown together and like, you know, Mary didn't know any of these girls or whatever. I do think that Meredith and Lisa, maybe I'm dumb, but I do feel that they were actually friends before the show. And that oh my they god, were like, good friends. They were like really good, good friends. They were like really good friends. Yes. So it's like, I do think that that history, that's a lot harder to come back from where it's like, mm-hmm. Jen's going to quickly realize that like Merritt didn't have nothing to do with her getting arrested. And I think she'd be willing to like get back. And I think that's way more likely to sort of get sorted out than Meredith and Lisa. That being said, you know, you, you simply, you simply never know with these, with these women. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be shocked if they find a way through it, but I just, it feels too raw right now. The Meredith and Lisa, it feels too raw. And that's one of those things where like, you know, your good friend who felt like a part of your family, maybe closer, you know, this is where the chosen family comes in and is so Mm -hmm. important to you. That person is so influential in your life, but the opposite is true. 
when you break up. Like there is nothing worse than a friendship breakup. I think worse than romantic relationships because the friends know about the romantic. The yes. friend knows the real you. So what happens when you decide you don't like that person anymore? It yeah. is tough to circle back to. Like, yeah. why would you even want to, arguably? Why would you want to do that? You've already seen them at their worst. You've already seen them. But the thing is, and this goes back to why I like love Lisa and Meredith. I'm like, she's take her or leave her. I'm not really invested in her. Whereas Lisa is all in. Everything Lisa mm-hmm. does is all in. She's all in with Meredith. She's all in on Taco Bell. She's all in on Vito Tequila. She's all in on <laughs> Sundance. She's all in on mm-hmm. Diet Coke. She does everything full throttle. And yeah, is it annoying? Is it insane? Yes, but it's amazing TV. Meredith is, she doesn't even know how to be all in. There's no, it, like, she can't. She's just sort of like, wafes through life and she's sort of you know she's like she's not even all in in our marriage Ooh, that was crazy what i just said but i did say it she's like i I did say it disagree i don't disagree she's not capable of being she's not an all-in type of person so i think the loss of lisa or what she's doing to lisa doesn't affect her in the same way as like what as it's affecting lisa like lisa was all in on this relationship and like yeah did she make some miscalculations regen she did Mm -hmm. i think she thought Hey, I have made another season. Jen's on the outs. I got to be fr- I got to get screen time. I got to be friends. Like, I think she made some miscalculations there and in, in terms of how that would affect her relationship with Meredith. But Meredith is so incapable of being like fully like mm-hmm. in or fully um, committed to anything that I don't think losing Lisa or like cutting her out of her life is going to be that hard. And I think that's going to kill Lisa. Who do you think is a better friend, Lisa or Meredith? Oh, I absolutely think Lisa's a better friend than Meredith. I think she hasn't made great decisions, but I, or in terms of their friendship, I think that mm-hmm. she's made some mistakes with their friendship. But I think who's been, who is a, I mean, I'm saying this and I do think she's done a lot of messed up stuff this season. But I think generally, Lisa's probably a better friend and a more loyal friend and like someone who, has the potential and the capability of being a better friend. Yeah, I'm going to go Lisa. I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing all the ways that I'm wrong in my head and how people would be like, well, what about when she did this? Or what about when she did that? Or what about when she did this? But I, I got to speak my heart. I think Lisa's a better friend. I think she's a better friend to everybody but herself. And now she's uh, trying to figure that out. A little bit, right? A little bit. I lo- a little, little bit, bit. A little bit. What did she say that literally, that literally killed me when Heather was like, when Heather was like, I feel bad for you, Lisa Barlow. And Lisa was like, I feel bad for me too. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you know what? That is such a crazy thing to say. But I also, I do, I also feel bad. I feel bad for me too. And I feel bad for you, Lisa Barlow. But I am actually, she'll rise like a phoenix. I'm not worried. She's too strong. She's strong. She is strong. That's the thing. Meredith, I will say, is also pretty strong too. I'll give her that. Um, but Lisa's, Lisa's strong. She's like, I, I think she's going to push through this. I have to tell you, there's nothing stronger than this conversation tonight. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, I'm obsessed with you and we both live in New York. And I know we need to hang COVID, out. Go, well, first off, obviously, we need to go out. We need to hang out. We need to get drinks. We need a turtle time. We need to talk. Oh, but yeah. Also, you need to record. I need to figure out a way to, I don't know, from a period of 85 feet, triple masked, except we're all triple vaccinated. I know, and I have right? antibodies for years. Like, same, same, same. We need to record it. I would love to record with you in person. We got to do it. We, we got it. They, and you know what? The public deserves that. They deserve our energy in the room together. I do. Right? I really, I really believe that. I really do. I really, I would love nothing more because we got it. We got to make it happen. We got to make it happen. We got to. Honestly, open some champs, have a moment. Oh, oh my God. Now you're talking. Honestly, 
Lisa Barlow, if you're listening, which you're not, aka you definitely are, Vita Tequila. Vita send Tequila. Us some. Send us send some. Send us some Vita, Vita tequila. tequila. All right. I know Sundance isn't happening. Didn't happen this year. It was virtual. So <laughs> I know. I know you have bottles ready to go, okay? And I will send you my address. DM me. Yes. Please, Lisa Barlow. I just went to bat for you. <laughs> we did. Send us tequila. Lisa Barlow, we spent an hour talking about how you are a superstar, and we all know it's true. And the best way for you to say, uh, you know, let the people say amen is sending us some fucking tequila because I want to go ham. And the best way to do that is with Vita. Listen. Die for you. Love you to bits. Can't oh, get enough. Absolutely. Oh, this is a dream. A dream come true. I had the time of my life. Same for days. Tell the people how to read your work, follow you online, what they can look forward to, what's coming up next. Tell me. Mention it all. Mention it all. Oh, funny. The rubric of our Vanity Fair <laughs> beginner's guide. So that was that was part of it. Um, but yeah, no, I guess the best and easiest place to find me um, as we said, I'm a staff writer at Vanity Fair and the TV, film, comedy, theater, Hollywood space. So anything, any of that stuff, just Google my name, Chris Murphy and VanityFair.com and I'm there. And I'm also in the magazine. So look, go buy that in print <gasps> sometimes. Oh um, have some a fun issue coming up this March. So look, look out for the Hollywood issue. Um, and then let's see, I'm on Twitter at Chris Dress, sort of like distress, but with a Chris in front of it or a mistress or... You know, but with the curse in front of it. And then at Instagram and the same handle. I'm afraid of TikTok, so I haven't gotten on that platform yet, but mm. I'll let you know when I do. And yeah, I guess those are the best places to find me. And I, I, I love to share, you know, an errant housewife thought every now and again. So, you know, DM me, you know, retweet me, get mad at me, get angry at me. <laughs> tell me that we didn't include enough Real Housewives of Atlanta in our guide. And I will and I will tell you my oh. peace of mind. I love that. And P.S. You need to come back ASAP because I want to get your thoughts on Phaedra's return. Oh, yeah. I'm. Oh, my God. Oh, what a hallowed day. I think we I think we don't know what we've wrought with that. We have we have reaped and sowed something that we don't even I don't think we understand how potentially chaotic. (laughs) Don't we? Isn't that the whole reason that I'm like, oh, God, why? I know. But also like, oh, God, yes. Like, I think (laughs) I think it's I think we're I think it's exactly I'm ready for it. Again, I love a, I, I can get into a villain. I love a villain if, if they give me a reason to love them. And Phaedra, you know, my favorite mortician slash tax attorney, <laughs> slash attorney in the land. So I, I, I await her return. I am excited. Oh, God, I love it. I await yours as well. Guys, speaking of return, um, come be a part of the Patreon. What does it have to do with returning? I don't yeah. know. Ret- Turn to my DMs and tell me that after you sign or level up. You know what I mean? Isn't that a sell? Is that yeah? No, that works. That works it? for me. Is return to the Patreon. That? Return to the Patreon. Re- return the return to the Patreon. I love that time for a, for a good time. Wow, look at this. We're uh, <laughs> enough, just like Shakespeare. A better, wordsmith, even, even I better. Would I would say so. Speaking of fun things with words, Galentine's Day. That's right. I renamed Valentine's Day after myself, as one should. Absolutely. The Andy's girls. <laughs> Galentine's Day Zoom is this Friday, February 11th at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Join the Andy Scrolls Patreon, get exclusive bonus episodes, invites like the upcoming Galentine's Day Zoom Kiki. And if you join the premium tier, the chance to record a Patreon up with yours truly. And while you're doing things online, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. It was my goal to get to 10, to get a K before Galentine's. Don't know if it's going to happen. That's okay. That's okay. 
okay. I don't know if it's going to happen, but spiritually, I'm there. Time it's is a construct, so you can totally, you know. It is a construct. It's a construct, so it's you know what? It's not real. It's not real. So It's not real. It's not real. Don't let it get you down. I love that. Thank you. Um, guys, hope you're all doing okay. Uh, Chris and I are going to make plans to um, meet up in person and have some Vita tequila. Anyway, guys, hope you're all doing great. I know you are, because um, so am I. And words are great. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.